0: I have in some information that may help us lead you to Anjalka. Forget whatever the halflings wanted. Let's abandon the others if we can't save them. The other option is that I do not like the motto that is running in the city. And I suspect we might meet again. Although I, I do hope it's because I'm casting. Speak with dead on your corpse. But you must choose one. Welcome back to Married and D. I'm Bryce the DM.
1: And I'm Preeti. I play D&D.
0: Yes, yes you do. Uh, let's jump right into this. You have a bit of off time. There's uh, nothing going on. They're looking into some leads for you and you've been asked to kind of choose between going after Anyaokok or going after Mortimer Chemnon. And you haven't quite made that decision yet. And I just want to know: In your downtime, you've found time to uh, go on a lunch date, and it doesn't have to be romantic. It's just—is be... it with Hefe? No, you can choose. Oh. Uh so it—it it doesn't have to be a romantic date. It could be just about anybody you've met or feel like meeting. You've pretty much offered to go get food with everybody you've met in this campaign. So pick one.
1: I'm like the Brad Pitt of D and D.
0: Always eating something, but only in Ocean's Eleven.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask my elf friend, Bellore.
0: Who's picking where to go? Do you want to pick where to go?
1: No, Bellore can pick. Um, I'm sure he's going to take me somewhere fancy because he likes all the fancy stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is a pretty fair bet for him. Um, So you meet at the ordained time, I suppose, and he shows up at your doorstep.
1: Do you- I think we'll probably meet at the market and go from there.
0: Okay, sure. Then what are you wearing?
1: <laughs> I don't know leather armor. Um, okay.
0: No. You have the studded, the fancy studded leather with the switches that you already gave you.
1: Wait, um, so what? Wait, I know he has magical armor that looks like clothes that he can change at will. And I know he's taking me somewhere fancy, so I probably spend a little bit of money to get some fancy clothes. Like uh, I'm, I'm assuming he's gonna go full um, high tea. I'm assuming he's gonna go full high tea. So I'm dressed up for high tea with like a frilly skirt and a. Uh, <laughs> sure. I don't think Enrique. Uh, I, I don't think Valua originally had any high tea places.
0: <laughs> you would be surprised. He asked you to meet at Serape Square, which as a native of this town you know is the big marketplace kind of near the arena it's sort of on the edge of you know the arena is you know full of cheap dives quick food but like it's at the intersection of three uh, districts one of which is old hoso which where you've been recently that's where uh, mad hermosa is based out of mm-hmm. And then the guts, despite its name, is actually sort of like an upscale mercantile district. So you could really go a lot of different directions from this place, if that helps you decide anything.
1: I'm I'm dressed for high tea. Like I, I've asked I've gone into the shops and been like, I'm I'm being taken to high tea and I need to look the part and they have given me a frilly skirt, like you know, with popular patterns like and like a, and like a plain top and i'm not wearing armor <laughs> and um i'm also wearing i think between somewhere between um the last adventure like the end of the last adventure and now i have gone to yuri or um i've gone to pete Um, and I've told them I need good boots. I can't have this frigging my little, uh, like, you know,
0: your toe sock things. Yeah. I
1: can't do the toe sock things. And I'm pretty sure they've fitted me out with some cute army boots or something. (laughs) And I'm just like, I'm rocking the boots and the, like, I'm, I'm a little bit street. I'm a little bit fashion. And that's, yeah, that's what I'm wearing.
0: Okay. Would you like to give a fashion role or do you want to leave it up to them?
1: Oh. Is it it going to be a charisma?
0: I'll say perform and whiz.
1: I have that. I'd rather give them the (laughs) roll.
0: They were trying. And unfortunately, you're kind of like... uh, Winged? Winged. So some things don't fit very well around. You've got kind of like a simple but elegant top. And then you've got like Kaylee pink... Like frilly Victorian skirt below,
1: not and full army- Victorian, half Victorian, like half mm. skirt, not like a full skirt, like a half skirt, like a like a like an like age I, appropriate dress.
0: But it's like got all the petticoats, like a Victorian. Oh dress.
1: my! Can I? Can I? I'm going to use my inspiration <laughs> on this. Control Z. Okay.
0: No, let's get use rid an of that.
1: Let's get rid of that. I'm going to look pretty for God's sake. <laughs>
0: If you want, they can roll.
1: How much are you giving them as a plus? I have a Give plus six. Give me
0: an insight.
1: Uh, that is a 17. You picked a
0: reasonable place. You you kind of trust them.
1: All right, I'll trust them then. <laughs> I swear if they roll to us, then mine, I'm killing you. No, they have advantage at least. They have like at least two people who are like helping okay. each other.
0: Somebody is providing help because...
1: They, yeah. they haven't dressed a winged person before. Yeah, they haven't
0: dressed a winged person. They got somebody else in there.
1: Okay, that's a bit better.
0: Okay. You know what? Okay. Then while you are dressing and you're kind of coming off as described with a sort of like terrible sort of look, a uh, random harpy kind of comes through and you know, browses and kind of whispers in your ear like, they ain't doing you very good, hon. I know a place that caters to stranger shapes. Few doors down.
1: Yeah, like, please let me know. And I, and I, like, you know, sort of say, yeah, yeah, let me think about it. Uh, this is my friend. Uh, we're just gonna go hang out and then I'll come back and buy the dress. Sort of. And I, like, you know, I'll, let me think on it and take a walk and I'll be back. And um I remove the guard off all dressed the
0: <laughs> Okay. Uh and she kinda takes your arm walking out and like By the way, the name's Mar.
1: Nice to meet you, Mar. My my name is Sal.
0: Okay. Why are you lying?
1: Am I not supposed to lie?
0: I'm just curious as to that instinct. You know what? We don't have to know that. That is for you to know.
1: Hi, uh, Mar, my name is Sal. <sighs> Harry, thanks for helping me out. I've never done the whole high tea thing, so I'm trying to look the part. I think
0: we can hook you up with something. Uh, it's, I'm not the owner; I just go there, uh, okay. and she's dressed pretty fashionably.
1: Yeah, uh, no, um, with your fashion sense, I'd probably follow you into a dark alley to, <laughs> if you decided to sell me something <laughs> that's fashionable <laughs> to wear. She laughs
0: at that. I, I promise, I will. no no drive-by makeovers. <laughs>
1: Sounds good.
0: And she pulls you to this other store and... Wait,
1: you haven't done the punchline. Um, mar Mar who?
0: Oh, uh, Gatrobi. Uh, and on her 18 plus something, she sets you up in the store that seems to cater towards uh, catfolk, halflings, harpies, anybody basically not meeting human-ish size. Or, you know, you see some, like, dragonborn pants with tail holes cut out,
1: things like that. Nice. Yeah, so I I just go in and I say, hey, I'm looking for something that's a little bit high T and a little bit fashion.
0: Yeah, I, I think they... they that make... somewhat
1: goes with the boots. I really like my boots.
0: <laughs> yeah, they kind of they pull it off pretty well on you. It's sort of a gorilla chic.
1: Yes. <laughs> There's a little bit of camo in there. Um, (laughs) I know you hate camo, but (laughs) no, they've done camo fashionably and it looks great. And I look, um, I look steampunky and I look very guerrilla chic.
0: And you are waiting in Satrap Square over, not too far away from the arena. When Ballore comes up and he is in like full blue and nobility sort of looks, he's got the, uh, Like tight tights, the cummerbund. It's uh at least in your estimation, it's incredibly manly. Or, you know, by Vuluan estimations, it's it's incredibly manly and well done.
1: At sixteen, am I underdressed or overdressed? Uh sixteen insights.
0: Yeah. I mean, you were dressed reasonably well, but you were also dressed a little shockingly. You were not you were kind of like at the bloons are a little conservative in a lot of ways uh, especially the nobility like their sorts of fashions have been their sorts of fashions for quite some time now so you're sort of like the parisian model walking into walking into chicago like
1: i'm very it, boohoo for the style
0: yeah you you are very stylish people recognize it's stylish and then it's like a a variation on like themes but it's also a little too much for them. You, you will cause some gossip.
1: I look at, at Belloria and say, I thought we were doing casual.
0: <laughs> he looks at you and like, I feel like I dressed appropriately.
1: Well, if you say so, yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, compared to you, it seems like you didn't assume casual at all.
1: Well, I know you were going to dress nice, so I just wanted to dress nice. This is dressing nice. I know I'm usually in work wear, but I can dress nice when the occasion calls for it.
0: (laughs) He laughs a little, um, comes up, kind of offers an elbow. (laughs) And he'll be like, I wouldn't worry too much. For one, you are dressed perfectly fine. We will have no trouble gaining entrance. And for two, we are an elf and a harpy heading into the pig and poke. We will stand out regardless
1: um what's the pig and poke like you uh, may
0: roll me a history you can add proficiency for valua
1: oh that's not too bad 18 plus 3 proficiency
0: on a 21 the pig and poke is actually just across the bridge over in diego's point which is high society like it's, it's like kind of the playground of the rich. It's right off of Rank and Fair, which is the most expensive market in Palua. Like, it's the place you go that, and nothing has price tags because they're nobles. If you have to ask the price, you can't afford it. That's Rank and Fair. Pig and Poke is just off that. And then above 20, you are also aware of the fact that either he pulls some massive, massive, like, ropes of puppet strings Or he's had this reservation for like a year and a half. You do not get into this place quickly or easily.
1: I'm assuming you didn't just waste a year and a half reservation on a lunch date with me. So how'd you get in there?
0: It's like, oh, we only talked about coming just, you know, a week ago. So no, I did not reserve this a year and a half ahead of time.
1: Are we going to sneak in and sneak out without paying the bill?
0: He he looks slightly offended. Like, of course not. Okay, I've... no, no, we couldn't possibly do that. They, what would they think of us?
1: Okay, yeah, definitely, yeah, we couldn't definitely do not do that.
0: <laughs> no, no, I. Do um...
1: you have some friends on the other side? I guess.
0: I'll just say, providing new mystery instead of old mystery that Ricardo owed me one. Huh. And what Ricardo asked for. As a Monte de Oca, he generally gets.
1: Yeah, I can imagine that. I'm excited. I've never been to a place like that before.
0: So you come into the pig and poke. You talk to the d, uh, who gives a strange look at you too, slightly disprovingly, but sees your names on there and checks you off and walks you through. And you can see that it's it's actually a pretty small restaurant. There might only be like a dozen tables tops and each one kind of has plenty of space around it. It's Each one is a small essentially like fancy dining room that you might find in a noble estate. It's way overdone and pretentious. However, it is also pretty impressive. And as you walk through, like each booth is kind of shielded from seeing too many people walk by, but you kind of peek in as you go through. You can give me a perception, sir. Uh, 16 plus
1: 9 for 25.
0: Yeah, you as you kind of peek around, you're trying not to be noticed, staring or anything, but people are dressed largely as Belore is, and the women are dressed in very Victorian, you know... Layers. Layers and things, and you stand way out. Not that, like your quality is worse or that your look is worse just like you are, you are the the cutting edge of fashion and these people are conservative fashion <laughs> and you definitely get some very like long looks as you pass by and yeah you can tell these are all like high nobility of some sort you don't recognize too many crests and things but these look like high nobility
1: i try to just be chill about it and just keep walking and like, you know, just um, talking to Bellore. <laughs> uh-huh. trying to not bring notice to the fact that we're being noticed.
0: <laughs> he, he seems to enjoy this as you're set down. And once you're set down, nobody can see you. You can't really see anybody from where you're at. And immediately the food starts coming. This sort of place doesn't really do menus. It's just what's on the list today. And that's what we're getting. Do you want me to go through this whole thing?
1: Well, I ha- you get
0: a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven course meal, each with a paired small little like sampler of wine.
1: No, I don't want you to go through the whole thing.
0: <laughs> okay. The that is a
1: I don't I don't think it's right to make our viewers hungry.
0: <laughs> so yeah, and they kind of give you a breather between each one. It's It's very well calculated. Like as soon as you're sort of like, Oh yeah, like that was nice. What's the next one? That's when it's coming out, you know, like they are perfectly timed and it's almost ridiculous and scary. Mm. You almost wonder if they've got some sort of detect thoughts going on. That's how well (laughs) they seem to be like just there when they, when you're ready for the next course.
1: Mm.
0: Bellore eats kind of quietly. He's, he follows pretty proper manners. What do you think? you are manners. You do not have a manners roll, so you can just roll me straight int if you want.
1: Oh no! Ah. Oh no! Oh no!
0: <laughs> You're like two courses in before you realize. You
1: know that what I'm gonna do. Um, I'm I, insightfully. I know that this is a proper place. So instead of uh, instead of using int, would you please let me re-roll that as a sleight of hand? Because I don't want people to see you.
0: Nobody's seeing you.
1: Yeah, but I I want to make a nice impression, so I want to like you know cut pieces or do what do the man not do the mannerism thing, but just sneak food into my mouth and no one's looking, and in a way that it's.
0: You want to basically be no no. This is a stress. I might have allowed you to roll a whiz or some sort of insight instead.
1: I'll I'll roll insight. I'll roll roll insight instead.
0: I might have been persuaded, but that was not what you tried to persuade me with.
1: I'm persuading you now. I'll roll an insight and study
0: him. Now you keep the same dice. You got to keep that four on the dice.
1: Okay, and insight. Sure. That's still a ten.
0: Okay, it takes you a course before you realize that you're. Fork and knife are in the wrong ones. You have to pull an elbow off the table as you're talking. And you have no goddamn clue what to do with your wings. However, you, you're you trying to pick up on it. Although there seems to be more that you're missing. He doesn't seem to mind. He's he's kind of laughing at this as you make very like, light conversation about the food.
1: I did want to... I did take, like, is it, I did take him out specifically to ask, like, you know, ask him his thoughts on some things. Sure, yeah. I ask him, like, Belore. don't, I I don't mean to bring up what, but I, but I thought I'd take this chance to ask you about what you thought about what happened with the elves.
0: Has there been something new? Is there a, no, a no, specific a, concern that you have? No, no,
1: just like your your perceptions on what happened in the castle of Ganesh. And I'll give you sort of my reasons for asking this. Like, I understand... So, you know, the, the cell and the, like, you know, the um, cat, the cats that I was investigating. And it's like, I, I understand their reasons for being here, for doing what they did. And in... And I know my role in that was to sort of get information and maybe thwart them from doing actual harm and like stuff like that, but in the end I still feel like it's a legitimate cause. Like they, these people have nothing else, they have nowhere else to go, and you know, being an an elf and identifying as Valu and just like I do, how do you sort of, sort of identify with the people back home and the elves coming here on this mission to, Set their lands free.
0: He kind of finishes whatever dish he's on and gives us a a little bit of thought as he kind of taps his mouth with a cloth napkin. I don't always identify with elves from the homeland so well. There's a pretty wide cultural gulf between us. That said, I, I do understand where they're coming from. I don't agree with the colonies. However, I think if you asked many of the people who lived in the colonies and were living there now, that many would choose to stay in Balua. And I think parts of those lands would choose to stay in Balua by population, just excluding any, you know, human votes, just the elves. And I think that's important. And I also think that, and I think it's very important that also there is an alternative. And right now the elves don't really have that. And I am, I am not the one to do that. I've never lived there. I wasn't really born there. So it is not for me to tell them what that alternative ought to be. There needs to be a... There's no Elvish Empire. There's no Elvish nation.
1: But there could be one.
0: There could be. And I hope one rises and gives a reasonable alternative. But there isn't now, and until there is, that choice seems... Fraud.
1: but what about the Catlands and those people have an alternative.
0: The Catfolk and Sithis are an interesting situation. Yes,
1: it's just that I guess I'm asking you because, well, as as you said, you sympathize with them, you understand the reason, and how do you reconcile that with with the work, with the going in there, and you know. Pretending to be one of them, or or any of this, like you know, just trying to thwart their plans to make sure that they don't actually do harm to Valua. And I I understand why I do it. I want to keep Valua safe. And but for me, there is the conflict that this is their alternative. Coming in and doing this is their only way to potentially win back their homelands, win back their homes and their communities.
0: I generally trust Ricardo. He has a good gauge in what is good for Vulua and good for its people, even if it's not always best for the financial interests of the great families who do most of this. As far as I'm concerned, I work for the Empress directly. Colonies are almost essentially run by the great families, and that is an issue, but I don't work for them.
1: Alright, that makes... Th- thanks for taking the time to sort of explain that, because I was having a bit of a trouble there after, my, after sending my friends off.
0: It doesn't get easier. You know, if you dig too much into that answer, you s- there's still a lot of culpability that Lua has for its richest people. The system is not blameless for producing them and sending them out there, so it's not easy.
1: Just then, I turn around, and this there's all this—I there's, I, I have to not jump at a person who's suddenly bought in, like the the exact next course that we need. Yes, they knew need. how to wait for the serious conversation to get over before they came by.
0: Yeah. Is there anything else you want to add? Good yeah. enough that conversation.
1: I think he gave me good insights to fall back to, which was, I guess, what I was hoping for from Bellore.
0: So as you leave, there's no payment collected or anything, so you have to assume that that was settled ahead of time, or maybe, like, you don't know. But when you're done, you just kind of get up and leave. Takes you on his elbow again if you still want, leaving out of there. You can give me an insight. Seventeen. He could have just walked straight out. He took, you know, kind of a a not-so-stealthy wander to be less stealthy. (laughs) And you think he kind of wants... The, the attention? Le- no, not necessarily the attention, but just, uh, yeah, I mean, yes, the attention, but more just to be seen in what is a very human space.
1: As no. we walk out, I ask him, do you just generally like, um, is there like, you know, a specific person whose attention you wanted or was it just?
0: No, no, not specifically. Honestly, wouldn't recognize anybody in there. I just, sometimes in this job, I reconcile my place by little acts of rebellion.
1: No, <laughs> yeah, I get that. That sounds like a fun hobby.
0: <laughs> Can I walk you home?
1: Yeah, yeah, that sounds great.
0: It's still like not. This was like a lunch thing. Yeah.
1: Or we could go get a drink at you know a, a place that doesn't look at us like that. But <laughs> I understand if you're busy.
0: Well, if we cross over into onto the mainland, there's a terribly shitty dive bar that would we would look equally as out of place in. Sounds fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh so you go to a a sailor bar on the docks and you are just like it is a you are a hundred percent out of place in how ridiculously you were both dressed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I think it, this is Bellore's sort of pastime where he sort of l- likes like people just giving him the weird looks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he he does seem to enjoy it, probably a little more than is healthy. <laughs> yeah, but he he's pretty stoic about it. Like part of the enjoyment is the act of just pretending that everything's totally normal.
1: I want to cha- uh, challenge Bellore to a drinking contest. Okay. Consaves?
0: Yeah, that would be a con save.
1: Fourteen.
0: Oof! He hit a nat one on the first roll. You get some proper on sailor rot gut, and he kind of like you bring out the second round because you think everything's fine. He kind of grabs. It, it's like, oh, that is not at all agreeing with the wine, <laughs> and he looks like he might puke.
1: Oh no! I go. Help- I help him out. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, let's let's get some air where you can. Um, we're by the docks anyway, so.
0: Yeah, and sure enough, you have to hold his hair back as he pukes in the alleyway <laughs> of this terrible, shitty bar.
1: Oh, that poor meal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good spot to call the cold open. So, have you thought much about which one you want to go for? And we'll say you're in the office at Section 7. Most of the other people are kicking around. Is there anybody you want to discuss this decision with?
1: Yes, probably Lawrence,
0: sure, you can catch Lawrence at some point. He's a little in and out as of recent weeks. He kind of pops in briefly, but you catch him during one of his times in
1: I ask Lawrence, hey, so what's up with Mort?
0: He's got a lot of deep tendrils around more than I thought, uh, as we have been learning
1: well, he's not especially good at anything. Like, I think there, maybe, like, my feeling about it is that he, someone has to have spent years cultivating all of this to just present it to him on a platter as soon as he walked in.
0: Well, of course. The Halfland Secret Service mace don't rest any time. But I would say that he is... Activated a lot more sleeper cells than his predecessors had, and a few more than, yeah, than as usual. So that much is. is a sign of some ambition from him.
1: We'll see. They've hurried up operations. It's curious to see what. what they're trying to do. Um. Always up to something. I was thinking about leaving Mort. leaving Mort alone for a little while and going after Nyaukok. What do you think? Maybe just tie up that end.
0: I think Mort's going to take some time. Any too much of an overt action against him is just going to end up causing a scene. And honestly, you kill somebody like that, there's a fair chance that they're just going to revive him elsewhere. Ugh. That is a that is an issue in this business. The only way to solve him is to just get him demoted. And I'm not sure that that's...
1: Up my alley yet.
0: That's a little advanced, yeah.
1: Makes sense. It'll be nice to see where that thread leads and what it opens... What the can of worms it opens up, so... I was thinking about telling Ricardo, go after a Niaukok, Sort of see where that thread leads.
0: I think that's better suited. Yep, uh, anybody else you want to talk
1: to No, I. Th- oh, there is my direct manager, Dahlia. Um, I don't know Dahlia that well, and I'm just like. No, I think. I don't think I'll talk to Dahlia about it. I think. Uh, unless she calls me, like, I'd sort of ho- hover around her a little bit, because most of my. Like debriefing has been with Lawrence instead of her and like breaking the chain of command. So I'm like, oops, I did that again, didn't I?
0: (laughs) As you're sort of like, maybe thinking about knocking on her door or whatever, like Yuri is walking by and he's like, "Enrica, come here. I have things for you. Yay. I tell you, I was working on things to make your armor better. I have new things for you. Nice. He kind of shows you, he's got a few sort of like some like crossbow bolts of things. And there's just sort of like this sparkling mixture in each one. And he's like, these are things that go into your armor. You know, like the smoke I give you. I have new ways to use them. Same package. So either one will work. You can load three. You can choose which ones you like. Okay. Um so and he shoots off one and it's the flashbang that you know yes. and have used he also throws a he throws one and it just erupts into the sort of like neons and pinks and sort of like a you know unicorn colored splash of color uh that will be a fairy fire and then a different one he uh shoots And it's just sort of this black suit that kind of like explodes in this puff of darkness and then just condenses almost into nothing. And you can see that like the dummy that it hit is like almost sort of like a chameleon-ish skin. That will give you a pass without trace.
1: Ooh.
0: like, I can only fit three in your armor right now. So you can pick any combination of them.
1: So I can have all three, right? One is in my pocket and two are on the thing.
0: No, no. Uh, so as he's doing this, he's like, uh, excuse me. And he like reaches into your Victoria's Secret pocket. And it's a little strange. And he, you can't feel anything. Like his hand is in there and he keeps getting further and further kind of feeling around. he's kind of bites his lip and his dumb cone beard kind of gets in your face. And then he's like, aha. And he pulls out these little things that are pyrotechnics. Here they are. So I can... You can fit three. The bag only fits three. So you pick which ones you like.
1: I'll take... As much as I love pyrotechnics, I'll take... One pass without a trace and two (laughs) fires.
0: Okay. Then he gathers these up and does, like, the same... Like, excuse me. Maneuver to get down in Victoria's secret pocket... And you actually, like, hear some clicks. Do you have Arcana? I'll let you roll it anyway. Fourteen. This totally isn't how you think bags of holding work. (laughs) (laughs) About how
1: he's clicking things into it.
0: Like, every time you go into it, it's just sort of like an endless void. There's no sides. There's no mechanics. He's somehow clicking things in there, and you are just a little confused by that.
1: I, at some point, I have to take it off and give it to him, just because he's like, eh, arms deep, and I'm like, eh.
0: This is true, yeah.
1: So at some point, I'm just like, Yuri, Yuri, just give me a sec, and I take off the armor and I give it to him.
0: <laughs> yeah, is there anything else you might want?
1: I tell him, hey, Yuri, what else are you working on?
0: I have idea. The thing I've been working on. And best part is it hides in your armor as well.
1: Nice, I like those. What is it, Yuri?
0: While your armor is off, he installs this thing along the back. It, says, it may make sitting slightly uncomfortable. What does it do? It says, like, here you can see this is reading of your heart. This detects. And if you are in danger, and he kind of presses a separate thing, and suddenly this needle sticks out of it straight into, like, where your vertebra would be. It's like, you get shot! But by good things. And as he describes this the first time you are dropped to one fourth h p you will gain two d ten temporary h p and you may immediately take a reaction to move your movement speed without opportunity attacks.
1: Yuri, this is mad genius, like that's amazing, but I don't want In things poking i know I don't want things poking into my vertebrae though
0: without torture, there is no science.
1: There's no other way to give me this shot?
0: I mean, if you want to hold it yourself in your hands, then perhaps.
1: I guess this would make sure it's not an action or maybe a bonus action or something?
0: This would make sure that it's automatic. It happens when conditions are met as opposed to as some sort of action on your part.
1: Huh. It's just the psychosomatic nature of I don't want it in my vertebra.
0: It, it won't go into your vertebra. It'll. It's just like into somewhere around your back. However, if you also like if you want to save it, like you're at one fourth, but maybe you don't think you're in that much danger. I will let you make a con save. We'll call it like DC 15. And that's to kind of like still yourself. If you can kind of control your heart in that moment, then it won't automatically go. Okay. But then it might the next time you take more damage.
1: Yeah. All right, and how does it recharge Yuri?
0: When I give you more.
1: So I only have one for now?
0: And he kind of like brings out a bunch like, I have many. Like, do you think you could install this yourself? And you look at this weird contraption and you're not sure you could. You can give me a straight int though. You don't think you could?
1: No, I don't think so, Yuri.
0: You come back to me. Okay. I give, I install this for you.
1: Alright, sounds good. Um, I tell him, thanks, Yuri, that's mad genius of you.
0: He nods, like, I know. Take good notes. Watch for any problems with your breath.
1: That's ominous.
0: He laughs and kind of like, ah, no, don't worry about it at all. But seriously, if you think your breath smells like sulfur after using, let me know.
1: Sounds good, Yuri. (laughs) Oh gosh, Yuri.
0: Then, uh, as you're considering, you get the call on the intercom from Ricardo saying, Enrica, if you would see me in my office.
1: I go and I knock and I'm like, sir, you wanted to see me?
0: Just as for you to sit down. Attends to you actually pretty quickly. And he has like these two thick files on his desk. Last time we talked, I gave you an option. Have you thought about this?
1: Yes, I have, sir. I think I'm going to pursue a Niaukok.
0: He takes one and kind of opens a drawer, puts it in, and then slides the other one over to you. Good luck.
1: Thank you, sir. Um, is he worth like, de- more dead than alive? Is he, you know, is his... Uh...
0: I have given you the dossier. All right. That is as much time as I have for you. Thank you, sir. He nods. Dismissed.
1: I run out of the room as possible. <laughs> I dash, action dash, bonus action dash. Okay. And then I'm, I look, do you want me to roll for reading?
0: I can give you sort of like the basics of what they found out. And If you want to know anything more, <laughs> you can maybe roll like insights or investigates or something to try and read more into it or like look through the more thick part of like primary documents and things. Okay okay the basic summary is elves are not immortal in this setting in fact they are not terribly long-lived but more so than humans so he he's probably in his like 80s 90s which is about equivalent to like 50 odd maybe 60 for a human they don't have a very long history of him he's kind of Come a little out of nowhere. They assume the homelands as he was active there as long as about ten years ago, maybe twenty. It's a little bit fuzzy because while he's only been active kind of against Valua in the homelands for the past ten years ish, sort of anecdotal information, you know, stuff from informants and prisoners, interrogations, things like that, suggest that he's been active on the homelands. Agitating against groups there for even longer. So that includes acting a bit as like a hired mercenary when we're talking about kind of disputes between rival villages of elves. There are reports that he took both uh the side of Osuland and the side of various elves. Osuland is the is the name of the monster oh, like rebellion sort of brewing in the center of the homelands, and it's kind of a country of like everybody who lives there but the elves and the humans. Lots of monster races, essentially. Um you can roll a history on that to know a bit more. Fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah, you know about that. It's named after their uh the sort of founder uh,
1: Tori Osalax. Or- yeah, an
0: orc named Tori Osalax. And that was just that was ages ago, but now it's called Ossaland Reports were that he was Working on both sides, like you get a lot of contradicting information, but he's been busy for a long time and it seems like a sort of chaotic mess of information as opposed to any sort of pattern. The one thing that sort of like the summaries tell you is that like they can't make much of a pattern of this except that there's a fair chance he's in it for the money. That's one of the few threads that seem to go through this. They don't have much confirmation of that. And they've kind of put together your reports from the cats about how the halflings gave him this staff of quite a lot of power, given that it can do like Dimension Door and reportedly some other, some other things. That's as much motivation as they have on the guy. Hmm. Are there any further questions? What do you want to look into?
1: I guess this is sort of a world question mm-hmm. rather than a him question. What do you do with money in elven homelands? Like, what would they have paid him with?
0: You can roll another history on more
1: information
0: about elven
1: lands. Nineteen.
0: I mean, the Valuen parts of the homelands, you know, the economy works pretty much as it does here. And you've heard that once you get out of the city, there's still, you know, gold will still buy you things there. However, not quite at the same rate. Elves are often sort of like a barter economy. You know, things for things. You also know that personal debts are taken very seriously. So you might trade services for services.
1: Hmm. So in it for the money isn't really an elven thing.
0: You may roll me an insight.
1: 19.
0: Yeah, you think that that's not the best summary like it's it's a reasonable one given the information however it feels a little bit off and like even if it were totally true it doesn't seem like there's not a plan to like take all this and retire like usually money is some sort of means to an end or even if you're talking about barter you know he wants powerful items like well he doesn't want a staff of dimension door just to have it clearly he has some sort of use for it and that is missing in this analysis. You know, what is what is his goal beyond accumulation of things, even if they're right?
1: Mm. We got one of his hangers on.
0: You actually have a couple prisoners. They have some testimony records, you know, from talking to them that are attached. Actually, uh, give me an investigate. Do you have investigate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, give that to me. 20, not
1: that.
0: The interrogations aren't terribly useful. Like they give some basic information, but for the most part you don't think that they gave out a whole lot of info about him. You also happen to know that they're still in the prison cells here in section 7. You have Alexis and Felipe. Are the only names that they have given and those are the two in your prisons.
1: I go visit one of them or both of them.
0: You can pick which one you they're kept apart you know the prisons aren't big open holding cells like a drunk tank in a cop station <laughs> you have like very specific cells apart from each other so you only would encounter one at a time
1: Alexis I'll go for Alexis first
0: okay sure it's you, know, you can talk to her behind your bars there and you have like a little table out there you nod at one of the randos who is kind of like keeping an eye on the area
1: no one I've met usually is Belore who's down here.
0: Not usually they kind of split it up. And you do know that they keep um, trustworthy, lead- like you, you. There is a guard detail that works this, and they're not people you know all the time. In fact, like you remember that there's like the the way in is through a melon shop, and so there's there's some people that you don't always recognize, but they're mostly home affairs and stuff like that.
1: So I say hi.
0: She kind of looks at you coldly.
1: Um, I don't know if you remember me. We met at the castle of Ganesh.
0: She nods. I remember.
1: I was wondering if I could ask you a couple of questions.
0: Told the halfling everything I knew.
1: Well, I I just want to understand some things.
0: She leans back and kind of like crosses her arms.
1: Um, so I have a question. Who is this? Is this one of his hangers on?
0: Roll me an int in proficiency. This was recent enough that maybe you remember. Um,
1: 13. Yeah,
0: you remember her. This was one of the closer hangers on. However, you don't think she's a mage of any sort.
1: Mm. How did you hear about Enyao
0: Been working for him for a while. How long? A few years.
1: How would you hear about him? Like, how did you end up working for him?
0: Recruited me. Expect it happened pretty much how you ended up here.
1: Did he tell you that it was for the Elven Homelands and against Valua?
0: She kind of thinks on that. Why?
1: There was a fighter. Um, I don't know his name. He was practically probably one hit from taking me down. Um, in that fight, except he looked at Nyaukak teleport away, and he didn't have it in him to fight anymore. He felt betrayed. I, he dropped his weapons, and that was that. He seemed to believe that this was for for the homelands. I am just wondering if that was your motivation as well.
0: Will it matter? Does my answer here affect my release?
1: I don't know.
0: I don't see much of the point to this questioning, then.
1: Well, I'm just curious. Um, Wait, so I can't really... You said I could ask them questions.
0: Didn't say that they would be friendly.
1: I look at her and I say, the information you give me will be put in a report that goes to the man who runs this place. And... If he finds that the information is valuable, he will change the terms of your release.
0: Do you think that's true?
1: I'd like to believe that's true. Okay,
0: then you may roll me a persuasion.
1: 15. Even if it was a deception, it's the same thing.
0: I would prefer to hear it from him. But I'll answer a few questions to show my goodwill.
1: All right. And I appreciate that. As I said, um, why... Have you followed him here?
0: Paid well. Seemed like a good chance. Yeah. If a few gluon nobles die, I wouldn't be too upset.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. So you've been working for him for a number of years, according to you. She nuts.
0: You've got limited questions before your 15 runs out, by the way.
1: How many questions, 15?
0: No. I was thinking two or three. I'll give you the that last one for free. Okay, because you kind of already asked that and she'd answered.
1: Well, I like repeating myself apparently. <laughs> Can I say it out loud and then decide whether I want to ask the question?
0: Sure, or? that's fine by me.
1: So, in these years you've worked with him, have you worked for, for the same person for a same goal, or has it been you know whatever pays best at that time?
0: When he came with a job, one of the first things I had to do was not really ask too much about it. I was allowed to opt out. He didn't make all of us work, but he'd give us the information, no questions, and if we wanted to, we would. I did a lot of missions for him. Some I particularly believed in, some just paid well. And he usually said that up front.
1: What was in it for him?
0: I'm going to give her an insight on that. And you can roll me an insight on this as well. Oh, she doesn't read very strongly lying or not, but she says, I don't really know, honestly. He got a lot of paying jobs. He got a lot that were important to the people in his group. I'm not really sure what was in it for him. I would have assumed the same things we were all, or at least I was after. Bit of good pay. But I think even the even the most righteous of us probably felt the same way about him. And she sits back, and I think you feel like you've gotten as much as she'll tell for now. She's like, I want to hear it from the supervisor now. I've shown that I'll cooperate if I get out. If you promise, I'll get out of here. So now it's time for you to start delivering.
1: I will write all these notes down and take it to my supervisor. Okay. I'll go to the other person.
0: And that is Felipe, who you recognize maybe as the guy who gave up in that sort of moment after Nyaokok disappeared.
1: I look at him and I go, I was just talking about you to your friend over there.
0: He kind of looks up. He looks a little broken. He's a lot thinner than you remember him.
1: I was hoping you could answer a couple of questions for me.
0: I, I answered what I could. I don't know what else, other help I would be.
1: I'd like to ask you a couple of things anyway. Is that alright? He nods. When did you join Enyalka? How did you join him?
0: Maybe three, four months ago. No, def- definitely four months ago. Because we did a job or two in the Elven Lands before coming over. Just just before this job.
1: What, can you tell me how he recruited you?
0: I was uh, working sort of resistance in New Cordoba.
1: And these jobs that you did with him before, were they all related to the resistance?
0: I think so. I, I don't know anymore. I think so.
1: Okay. Insight was twenty-two.
0: He seems genuine about that. He he is questioning his own reality a little bit.
1: So you traveled with him to Valua?
0: Yeah, we were here only maybe a week gathering information before we did it.
1: Can you tell me something about his habits while you were with him? What he said?
0: Very little. He didn't talk much. He didn't... He was... He was the boss. He wasn't, like, a leader. He was an employer. He didn't socialize with us very much. He didn't spend time. He came in with information. He gave directions. And and then he was off on his own reading. Actually, give me a persuade on that. That's kind of a detailed sort of thing. So I'll give... Fifteen. Okay. He read... a lot of history, it, it seems. Uh, I'm not sure if there is a specific thing he read about, but it seemed like a lot of history, and he kept a lot of notes. I I saw him writing once. He has he had some sort of code he wrote in, a shorthand that he, only he knew.
1: So I say, you seem surprised when he gave up on the resistance. He nods. Did he ever tell you he supported the Resistance or that your work would be to support the Resistance?
0: He nods kind of vigorously. Like We did a few things that I, I thought were for the Resistance in the Elven Homelands. I thought they were sort of simple things to prove who we were, test out the group, and then we came here and he, and he said that what we were doing with taking the castle was a... Uh, was a protest.
1: Okay, uh, that's all the questions I have for now. Um, are you eating all right?
0: You're you're pretty sure that like they don't mistreat people here. He's just kind of he's a little personally broken. It seems.
1: I go back upstairs and I'm like, I guess I go to D- Dahlia and I'm like. Hey, Talia, I just have a couple of questions.
0: Sure, what can I do for you?
1: What are we doing with the prisoners? What's going to happen to them?
0: Most of them are going to be tried by civil authorities.
1: The ones downstairs?
0: Probably the same, eventually. We have sort of an agreement with some of the people upstairs to pass them on when necess- when we're done.
1: These, I don't know about the guy, but she thinks she's getting out of here.
0: It might eventually. It's not like they're going to all get death sentences. That seems highly unlikely.
1: And is like their cooperation or anything like that going to change?
0: It would. I
1: don't. Know. She said she was working. So the boy hasn't been working with Anyaokok long, but she says she's been working with him years. Another thing that she said was that he was no nothing more than a boss. At the, but at a certain point, like...
0: You've taken Ricardo up on the Anyao cock job then? Yes. She pulls out a paper and kind of scribbles some things on it. She says, and hands it over to you. And look at it. it's actually like essentially a, a pardon, an agreement that you know, for services rendered that they will get out of here. Do you need a smaller one? Is this real? As real as I can make it, as in yes, it will be acknowledged. I can make sure that Ricardo signs off on it as well. If this is your discretion in this matter, then all I ask is that you own it.
1: She's not telling me everything. I don't know if she's lying to me. You don't just follow someone in for a job and just stay there by their side, taking bullets for them and not sure if you're getting paid or not. But this will be a good prop for me to use to get more information from her.
0: Use it how you see fit.
1: So, yeah, I... I feel like a dick. (laughs) But I'm going to take it down and I'm going to say... I don't have- my boss decided not to come down, but she sent this with me, and I passed the little paper over to her.
0: She looks through it. She's going to get an investigate. She pours over it, and it just looks legit. All right, I'm listening.
1: I need a few more answers about a Nyaokok.
0: And if I answer them well enough, I keep this and walk out of here.
1: If you answer my questions, I'll see about getting that signed so that it's worth something in w- in its weight, more than just words.
0: Give me one last sort of persuade three I was going to go back. I was going to give you back your inspiration. I liked that scene with uh Bellore, so you can have your inspiration back for now if you want it.
1: twelve
0: she thinks kind of long and hard at this, and she's gonna roll of insight on you as she just kind of stares hard. Alright.
1: You were part of his inside team that knew about the halfling, what the halflings wanted. Yeah. What can you tell me about Anyaokok, his mannerisms, what he ate, what he read, what he wrote?
0: I knew him longer than most anybody else on that team. And he was odd. He put on sort of a very stoic sort of look. I think it was he didn't like being around people on the team because it would slowly shine through that he was a little different. Catch him talking to himself. His books would occasionally become indecipherable messes of just scribbles and horrific drawings of things. He'd he'd get rid of them and just leave his little shorthand, but they crept in.
1: Do you know what he read about?
0: History, mostly. Mm
1: -hmm. When, did you know he was telling people this, that he was working for, that he was for the resistance and as he recruited them?
0: Yeah. He told us about the mission before he recruited these guys, before they ever got a an invite. We knew about this before they did their first few jobs. Yeah, We were told that we were the real part of this mission, that they were the decoy from the very before they even got invited.
1: And how did that make you feel?
0: I said, paid well. I didn't know these guys. I didn't care. And I might get to kill some blue and nobles. They got to maybe kill some little nobles, make their statement. Some of them, I'm pretty sure, wanted to die doing it.
1: What uh, were you going to do with the money you got?
0: I had some saved up. Got a brother in Toradon Himelo, who has a shop, been investing there. Keeping a lot of money for me. I just do nothing for a while. Just expecting to retire there.
1: You defended him with your life. Doesn't seem like something you'd do for a boss who pays the bills. There's got to be some... You followed him. As much as all these people believed in whatever he told them about the resistance, there's obviously a reason why you're following him.
0: Give me an insight. You can add charisma if that helps, but I think your whiz is better. That's uh, kind of a low roll, so it's like... You're a little right. I've missed out a bit of pay. She looks at you.
1: It'd be nice to be go back at all, I thought.
0: You can give me a... I'm intimidate.
1: I'm going to use a different dice. Different die, Different <laughs> die, New die. Fifteen.
0: <laughs> She's not particularly intimidated.
1: I tell her, you can either tell me what I need to know, or I can go up and say, it didn't work out. And I will. I have no...
0: Alright, I'll accept the 15 on that retry. She's like, but this is it. I'm done walking out here after this, or as soon as it can be processed, yeah?
1: I'll get that thing signed one way or another. That's a lie. (laughs)
0: I'm just, I'm trying to give you a reason to have kind of earned that second role. But she's, because of the failures you've had so far, this is sort of like, she no longer really trusts you in this. Either you get this done now, after this last question, or she's no longer trusting you.
1: I will take that paper right to my manager who signed it, who can't, who will get the next, who will get the next signature if you tell me what I need to know. I
0: thought he wasn't in it for the money. There's always a reason for it. I'll admit I'm not really sure what it is. However, I think we all kind of projected what we wanted to on him. And I suppose when I saw him gathering these things and making his plans, that there was something grand at the end of it.
1: What do you imagine is there at the end of the tunnel?
0: I don't know. Riches somewhere. Retiring kings and queens. That we'd be... We'd use this to launch off something better for ourselves. I wouldn't have to retire to my brother's shop, but...
1: I'd reach out for the piece of paper that needs to be sent.
0: She gives it and kind of like holding on to it for a sec. Like, and I don't know where that is, or how, or why. But occasionally I heard him mutter out something about Toledo. You can give me a history
1: of that. You know, right now, I wish I was that person who could bless herself, not 20. Oof.
0: On a nat 20, Toledo is about a week away from here. It's up the coast. It used to be a major city. It was actually kind of like the shared seat of a couple of the high noble houses. It was no Valua, but it was quite possibly second or third largest city in the Valuan Empire. And you know that about 33 years back, in fact, you are pretty sure, on an not 20, you were sure it was 33 years back, the Minotaur sorcerer Yakone destroyed the entire city. And this was, it was actually the site of his defeat. In what was called the Ravages, this guy came out of the north, out of nowhere, tore across half the world. He left Catha in ruins, he destroyed huge chunks of the Dwarven lands, parts of Sithis, and it was only there in Toledo that he was finally defeated. But the city was com- almost completely obliterated in the process. I think that's what we'll call it.
1: But I have more questions!
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's why we're calling it that.
1: Thanks for joining us in today's episode. Okay. Visit us uh, at maridandee.com to comment underneath episodes to tell us what you thought of the episode. Um, you can also do surveys that are on the site. You can also talk to us directly at maridandee on Twitter or at 3 it's on Twitter.
0: Or you can mail us maridandee at gmail.com
1: Good night!
0: One more thing, just because I never have yet. Props to my brother for his awesome music. He did our the intro-outro music, just send good thoughts out to the ether for my brother, uh, Rob, for that music, because it's awesome. Now we can say goodnight.
1: Good night.
0: I actually have maps for all this crap, so why don't I
1: actually pick something off the map.